Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show is outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise, it's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Dr. Cynthia Collins, her friends, her family. And we all want this to be the best year ever for all our friends, all our family, and all our loyal listeners worldwide. Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. Hello, 
folks, you don't want to go anywhere. You want to hear this show in its entirety. We have an extraordinary guest with a most interesting topic. Here's to your success. No, I didn't mispronounce the word. That would be S-E-X-C-E-S-S. Here's to your success. We have with us Dr. Cynthia Collins. She talks about why sex is good for your health. We all know that sex relieves stress, increases intimacy, and makes us feel good. Did you know that sex also improves sleep, counts as exercise, and boosts immunity? Some benefits of sex may surprise you and want you to indulge more, especially with the right partner. And folks, today I know the right I have the right person for this topic. Welcome to the show, Dr. Cynthia Collins. Thank you, Joyce, and good morning. And hello, everybody who's listening. Um, We're in for some really interesting information today. Uh, You know, I don't think a lot of people want to tackle this topic, but CNN definitely does. And just by coincidence, a few days ago, they put out a really interesting blast on exactly this, all the health benefits of sex. So um, we have 10 major areas to cover, and, uh, and like you said, some of them are a little surprising. So what I thought I would do is start off with a definition, because we want to get that out of the way. You know, when it comes to looking at matters of health, the World Health Organization steps in, and they like to define what we're looking at. So this is kind of lengthy, so I'm going to divide it into very, three very short parts. The World Health Organization's definition for sexual health is something that is a state of physical, emotional, mental, and social well-being in relation to sexuality. So that makes sense, okay, but not just an absence of disease. So that's the first thing World Health is always important for them to say is that it's not just a matter of not being in a discomfort or disease state. We're saying this should be something very healthy. After that, they say that sexual health requires a positive and respectful approach. I really like that. I think that's very important. And you're going to see today that a lot of the researchers behind sexual health are exactly that. They have a very respectful and a very um, positive approach to sexuality. And lastly, that everything about sexuality, if it's healthy, should be free of any coercion or discrimination. That certainly fits into our political times right now. And that the sexual rights of all persons should be respected and protected and fulfilled. So what do you think about that lengthy definition? (laughs) I like the way you broke it up because each one certainly had an impact and, and was really important in the overall scheme of things. Okay, and it's really interesting to me how well they cover, like you're saying, the overall scheme. They cover every aspect of what's important because it's not only applying to our life in the U.S., but the World Health Organization defines these health issues for all of the world, and they actually uh, enact different laws and mandates, and they actually monitor these things. So, But today I sort of want to do something more narrow. I just want to focus in on the health benefits that we know about and that have been studied both in the United States and a few other countries on the actual health benefits of sex. 
So the first one to tackle is the one, like you said, we all pretty much know, it does relieve stress, but I like to put this into the biology of it. So this, um, the idea of actually studying how it can relieve stress was coming from a study that went from 1989 to 2012. That's a pretty long time to have a study, and this was both men and women who were a part of the study. There were over 30,000 people on the study, and they found out after they distilled all the information down that having sex greater than or equal to one time per week was enough to make people happy if they're in a committed relationship. And I found it really interesting that that was a piece of it. So you're going to find there's a lot of qualifiers in this research There's uh, because it's a very subjective kind of study. You know, this is something pe where people are reporting how they feel. The biology of that, and I'm going to name a few chemicals that probably our listening audience is familiar with, the biology of that is that you are lowering cortisol, that's your stress hormone, you're increasing dopamine, that's the neurotransmitter that gives you a sense of pleasure, you're also decreasing your pain by increasing your endorphins, and you know, endorphin is, short, is a short way to say endogenous or internal morphine so it's your own painkiller that you make inside your own body so you're actually increasing that and you're increasing oxytocin which i know i've mentioned before on our shows oxytocin oxytocin is the hormone that circulates mostly in women but also in men and it gives you a sense of contentment it also protects your heart so there's a ton of biology behind sex relieving stress all I can say is, wow, because we all know whenever we did have sex, what our personal reasons were, uh, the the uh, intimacy with that partner. But all these other side benefits, as I said earlier, they're notable, and it gives you more reason to want to increase your, and enhance your sex life. It really does, and enhance your relationships so you can enhance your sex life. I love the next one because, believe it or not, and I don't think I've shared this with you before, when I was in graduate school, I um, led a group of students looking at a measure in the saliva that measures our immune system. It's called IgA or immunoglobulin A. And one of our studies um, looked at sex in IgA. We actually had married medical students, so you know, we didn't want any liabilities. So we only used married couples. And they were supposed to give us a sample of their saliva before and after sex. So um, we're not the only ones doing this kind of research. I found another fantastic study through the University of Pennsylvania. And they looked at couples who were having sex between one and two times a week and more or less than that. So those who were having it one to two times a week had the highest IgA. That means they had the best immunity. In fact, they were 30% higher on their IgA than people who were not having sex. So that really shows you it boosts your immune system. This kind of immunity can keep you from having the flu, for example. Very important immune system. Those who were having sex three or more times a week didn't have as high of immunity as those who were only having it one to two. So I guess there is such a thing as an upper limit, right? It doesn't mean the, the, if it's good, the more is better. <laughs> but in this case, it's not necessarily true. So um, what they looked deeper into the study and found is that individuals who were in a long-term relationship, they were the ones who were having the highest 
IgA or the highest immunity. So this is kind of a, a bonus to show you that part of this picture is the social support. And the immune system is just the link between the social support and the biology. And I find this one really fascinating, especially during flu season, don't you think? I think in any season, <laughs> it's good to know. Okay. All <laughs> right. Well, I know there's all this even flu more going so around, with flu so. season. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. So, okay. Now that's only two down. Can you? This is a lot of information. I'm really excited to share this. Um, sexual activity also improves sleep. And um, uh, you and I did a radio show on sleep and, as one of the most important things for your overall health, the quality of sleep. So I was happy to find this, and it turns out that prolactin, which is um, it's a chemical in your body, it, that, it's a hormone that's related to sleep. It's involved or affiliated with sleep. That's what a person releases when they have an orgasm. So that is what gives you the incredible relaxation after an orgasm, did you know that with sex you have 400% greater amount of prolactin than you normally have in your body? That's So four times, you double it and double it again, the amount of prolactin that's typically in your body after an orgasm. And in no, this study, I didn't know that. <laughs> amazing. I right? did not know it. Okay. So and then they said, well, let's look at sexual relationships versus masturbation. And it's nowhere near as beneficial with masturbation. And I think that that's important for people to know. So this one study looked at over 10,000 people, both men and women. They were ages 50 to 79 years. If they were sleeping less than the recommended seven to eight hours, then they typically had less sexual activity and it was especially a problem for men because when they're sleep-deprived, they have lower testosterone, and they also have a harder time at having an erection. So they have what's called erectile dysfunction. So those who are not getting even the adequate amount of sleep, the adequate hours of sleep, that's actually affecting um, their relaxation, and a lot of it has to do with sexual activity. Another study in 2015 showed that even a half hour of increased sleep, just taking your sleep and increasing it by a half hour, usually, at least in their study, will increase your interest in sex by 14%. So sometimes the reason for not engaging, and I don't think this is a secret to anyone, that the reason for not engaging in sexual activity is simply that you're sleep-deprived and you're too tired so, but if you do have sexual activity, you're more likely to have better sleep. Kind of a catch-22. Yes, sounds it. Okay. Uh, this is truly fascinating, and as the song says, we've only just begun. <laughs> okay, we've only just begun is right. I've got a load of information here and um, things that we can practically put to, put to use I think very good information for people to look at their overall health and their lifestyle. Um, you know I work in oncology. That's where I spend most of my time anyway. So I was fascinated to find out that sexual activity decreases the risk of prostate cancer. So, And I'm sure a lot of men will be happy to hear that. In uh, 2004, and then again the study was repeated in 2016, published in the British Medical Journal, um, however, it, they studied over 50,000 Americans and American males, 
But British Medical Journal is one of the best uh, peer-reviewed medical journals that we have. They're like top five. If you find a research study in one of these top five, like the British Medical Journal, then you can feel sure that you're getting very um, significant and also very well-reviewed data, so you can depend on it. So of their greater than 50,000 American males who were ages 40 to 75, that's a pretty large age range, pretty young at 40, and then up as high as 75. Not that sex stops at 75, but that was their study. If they um, were having more ejaculations per month, so they actually had to measure the number of ejaculations that they engaged in, they were less likely to have prostate cancer. So if 21 more ejaculations than they normally did, they actually were able to decrease their cancer risk as opposed to those individuals who are only having maybe four to seven times. So four to seven sexual encounters per month, they did not have any help with the prostate risk. They are just as much at risk as any other male. But if they were able to take their ejaculations greater, up to 21 or more, then they decrease their prostate risk, cancer risk. I think that's pretty interesting. Nobody really knows why, of course, at this point. But it's a, an interesting study, something interesting to look at. All right, so for the rest of us. Okay. So heart health. Now, you know a lot of people are concerned if they should engage in sexual activity if they have a heart condition. So this is an area that has a lot of research behind it. Because that question really does need to be answered. You know, there's even the common joke or the common scene you see in a movie where somebody has a heart condition and they're afraid that with that sort of intense activity or intense pleasure that they might have a heart attack or induce death even. So, you know, this is really something that the medical arena has done a lot of work on researching. And they're interested to see if even heart attacks or heart disease, meaning vascular disease, like atherosclerosis or hypertension, which would lead to strokes, they're interested to see if that's affected by sexual activity or not. So, for example, with women, when they have um, more sexual activity, and usually they're looking at twice per week versus once, once per month, okay? So once per month is your lowest level and then twice per week is considered your frequent level. Women who are able to have sexual activity twice per week have a lower incidence of hypertension. And um, when they go a little deeper into the study, once again, these are self-reports, they find out that with women it has a lot to do with them saying that they feel close, they're having a feeling of being close to their partner, and they have more emotional satisfaction. So that piece probably has to be a part of the picture. It isn't just random sexual activity or, or sexual activity, you know, as the World Health Organization was defining, under coercion or, or anything like that. This, again, is standard that in these studies they're looking at individuals who have a healthy relationship with somebody. But I think it's very interesting to see that women can lower their risk for hypertension. Uh, for men, it was a little bit different. They actually um, were also tracked in a 17-year study that began in 1987. So they tracked them for 17 years. Over 1,000 men were studied, and they were ages 40 to 70 in this study. And they found out that they had almost half 
of their risk for heart disease. So they had 45% less in their risk for heart disease if they were having sex twice a week versus the once per month. So for men, you know, it's a little bit even stronger effect for them as far as decreasing their risk of all heart disease by 45%. That's very, very large to decrease your risk that high. It's much larger. So it's good. It improves heart health. Not to mean that there are some individuals who have some conditions where their physician has probably advised them, you know, to be careful as far as overexciting themselves. So that's I've only gone through the first five points of how there are very healthy benefits to to sexual activity. And um, I think this is such important information. I was really glad to see CNN put this out. And, you know, you almost have to go searching for this because it's not the kind of thing you normally see. And maybe in certain magazines you can find this information. It sounds like this study is based on sex between two partners, irrespective of if it's same sex or opposite sex. Is it somehow linked to masturbation as well, or is that a whole other thing? So that's a really great question, and I looked a little bit further into the details to just to explore that for myself. And I can't say that I surveyed all studies because that's definitely not true and not possible to do at this point, but earlier studies were only enlisting married couples or committed couples. Let's put it that way. So you didn't have to show a marriage certificate, but they were they were committed couples. Eventually, studies began to include same-sex couples, and sometimes in the study, they'll delineate the difference in the research, but typically, they just include them. But that's very important to know. Probably, you know, in the future, we can do more research where we separate out same-sex versus heterosexual couples. But the the studies that did look at masturbation versus sex, I've already denoted if they did or didn't. Not very often do they do that. That's another really important thing to look at, though, because even more now, you know, since I work in healthcare, it's it's a much more common topic, a much more common activity spoken about by both men and women now as far as um, sex with yourself, you know, or sex with masturbation. And the health benefits so far are not as great. And I think that's definitely why it's becoming assumed and it needs to be studied that there's something else about the sexual relationship, the intimacy, the closeness, the trust and support, all of those things that go along with it. And uh, it'll be very hard to tease that apart, but it's obviously a part of the data for sure. And so, uh, Dr. Collins, what do you tell people that, are listening today and they go, you're really right, and I have to enhance my sex life. I don't feel that comfortable with my own body, yet I don't have a partner at this time. How do you touch those bases? Well, you hit on a few different things that are so important. And, you know, because I do work in oncology, and then on the outside privately I work with individuals who are recuperating from a number of um, different illnesses or they're undergoing weight loss and sometimes weight gain as well. Body image is very important. Fatigue is very important. There's so many other factors that get in the way of having intimacy. Married professional couples are one of the ones at the greatest risk because they simply don't make the time. Then young couples with young children, of course, everybody understands why they also are at risk for not having as much intimacy. But even individuals who singularly have not found a partner that they're comfortable with, 
sometimes are prohibited in finding that partner because they're not comfortable with their own body image. And um, I, I love to look at those studies, and sometimes you'll find these reported in places like Men's Health or some of the women's magazines like Women's Day or Glamour or Cosmo, some of those magazines. The surveys show that we're much more critical of ourselves than the opposite sex is. And you would think that that's not true because the media is always blasting these, you know, supermodels or these um, these really these ways that to look that we think we're supposed to be fitting that image. But in reality, most people don't live that way, and most men are overlooking all the imperfections women think they have. One of my favorite things to do when I'm teaching is pull out what's called the silhouette study. This is where you put up just dark or black silhouettes of figures. So there's no facial features, nothing else like that. But it's just a silhouette of, for example, female bodies. And you put maybe 10 different figures on the poster, and they're all different weight status. And women almost always pick the silhouette that is the thin one they think men are looking for, then you let men pick the silhouette that they're attracted to. And almost always, for myself, as well as the studies that are out there, men pick a larger silhouette than women do. They really look for the silhouette that women would think you would think was overweight. So, you know, we have it, we're not, we really aren't in tune with each other the way we should be. So much more of our personality and our sexuality and even our interest in intimacy or affection is coming out in our speech and our facial uh, signals and our speaking and talking and, and just behaving. It's not just your body image. You know, it, I think women, I would love to do some groups on this because I think a lot of women need to hear that, to hear that they're not being critically viewed as much as they think they are. And the same thing with men too, but you know, men don't seem to have as much concern about that as women do. That's true. Uh, Dr. Collins, uh, when you did this study, did any of it surprise you on your level of talking to people? What was the thing of anything that possibly surprised you? Well, um, when I've been speaking to individuals, it surprises me how often um, they will restrain themselves from following through their feelings. So many people are living with an interest in sexual activity or an interest in intimacy with someone, could even be their committed partner, but they restrain themselves because they think that they're not good enough or they're not, they don't look good enough. And I think that that's a real shame. And also, I find that people need to schedule sexual activity or intimacy. I'm surprised that um, we don't include it in our day just like we schedule everything else. You know, because if you don't make time for it and make sure you don't have the phone on, the TV on, you know, all the distractions. I mean, there needs to be time put aside for it. I think that surprises me a lot that um, we haven't found a way to make sure we do that. And another really interesting um, survey I saw was asking people, what do you require for sexual intimacy? How often do you require uh, alcohol, for example. How often do you require having um, the lights completely out or being in a place that's not your home setting? So there's so many individuals who are restraining themselves in many ways um, with intimacy. And I think the more we make time for it and just make time for closeness, you know, the desire is there. It's just getting buried in the busy day. 
is what I'm seeing. So I think that's a move. very good point indeed. Make time for closeness. Make time for intimacy. Make time for sex. And if you have no one available that you really want to indulge with, uh, I personally think masturbation may be not the perfect substitute, but it is a good substitute nonetheless. Well, I like that you said that because it does keep men and women equally in tune with their bodies and in tune with their sexual feelings. So, And that's very important. So that, first of all, it's important to experience pleasure. Just because the studies didn't show that you're helping your hypertension doesn't mean that it's not something that's beneficial to do. And it enhances all of those neurotransmitters that I first mentioned, decreases pain, um, increases your ability to deal with stress, and I think that it's very important to stay in touch with that aspect of who you are, not only for then, but in case you do find a partner. Very important. You know, a lot of uh, women who go through certain types of cancer um, lose a lot of their hormonal status, and they become dry or irritated or they lose their libido. Men with prostate cancer are on medications where they can lose their libido. And um, so they, they really are searching for other ways to stay in touch with themselves as a person of intimacy. And there are all kinds of things available to us from creams and gadgets and just ideas of relaxation and meditation to enhance that part of yourself. Very, very important not to lose that part of your life. And another thing that's very, very important is to not lose your perspective on being positive, on having a, a life that makes you happy, having a life where you're always learning and engaging. And this show is something that provides that for you each and every day. We have a guest with an incredible topic just to make a difference in your life. And if you need more reasons why to listen every day, here in the words of our other health guru, Beverly Nadler, is why you should. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. 
And, folks, we do ask you to partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to our homepage at Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and friends.com, and spelled out, Joyce Barry and friends.com. And right on the upper left under my picture, it says follow. And simply by clicking on follow, you will be apprised of every guest, every topic, every show. You need not miss any of our shows because if you cannot join us at 11 a.m. Eastern, just know that all shows are archived and you can hear anyone 24-7. You can play them, you can download them, you can share them with your friends and family. Uh, for example, if you go to that website, JoyceBarryAndFriends.com, and on the upper right, uh, you type in Dr. Cynthia Collins in the search bar, all her other shows will come up. So if you're enjoying the guest today and you want to hear what else she has to say on anything from exercise and weight, all those things, just type in the guest name and all their shows will come up and give you the date in our archives. I can say that eight years of this show, we've never taken anything out of our archives. So, Dr. Collins, uh, as always, the topic is extraordinary, designed to make a difference. I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, One of the things uh, you had mentioned, or perhaps to me or in something written, sex improves cognition. How does sex improve cognition, except that you remember you had great sex or you remember the last (laughs) time you had an orgasm? (laughs) So wouldn't that be an interesting study to be on? <laughs> you know, that they say, here, come be on our study, and they don't even have to pay you because you get to have sex, and then they're going to study to see how your memory is or how your thinking is going. <laughs> I think it's fascinating. Now, and these are studies that take a little more time because you can't just test somebody right afterwards. You know, you may not even be functional at that moment. It just depends. But these are very, very cool studies. Uh, There's one study done in England called the English Longitudinal Study of Aging. So with aging, you know, they're interested to know, is there anything we can do? We're all looking to see. What can we do to help ourselves to to enhance our cognitive function as we're aging. Naturally, the uh, the study group here was older, so they start at age 50. I found that interesting. <laughs> and they go to age 89. Now, several of the patients I currently have and have had would wonder, why did you cut it off at 89? Because <laughs> I have patients in their 90s who are still engaging in sexual activity. But they did cut it off from 50 to 89, and what they measured were two cognitive tasks. Uh, One is word recall. Now, that is very easy because we all have problems with it at some point. That's where you're in mid-speech, and all of a sudden the word you want to say is just not coming. Or there's a particular word like the name of a restaurant or the name of a, a process or, you know, something like that that you don't use every day, and it just it's not coming up for you. So word recall is your ability to immediately have your words and immediately speak. The other task that they measure is called number sequencing. So this is um, it's pretty hard for a lot of people. That's, for example, where I might say to you, start at 2 and then give me all the numbers in twos, like two, four, six, eight, ten, and you go on and on and on. Naturally, they're never that easy. They use more difficult tasks like, you know, add five 
and then four to every number, and then so you really have to do this math in your head. So that's called number sequencing. All right, so that's hard enough to do, hard enough to study. But what they do is they measure that if a person is having sexual activity. And they have a variety of ways to do it. Like it's not right then after sexual activity, but they ask them for a frequency scale. In other words, are you having sex once a week, once a month, once a year? You know, they they actually make all those comparisons. So weren't you find it interesting to see how it was different for men and women, though? Absolutely, but I'm not quite clear on how they uh, feel that there's a connection. I got it. You're saying they measure these things before sex, after sex, certainly not during sex. Not being <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. busy. Right, definitely not during and not even right after sex. Instead, what they look at is um, what's your usual way? So if you are a usual once-a-month person, um, then they categorize you. They put you in a certain group, and they say, okay, let's see how good you can do, you know, how well you do these tasks, versus somebody who says, well, I have sex once a week. Okay, so you're the once-a-week individual. You're in a totally different category, and then they do the measurements on you. So that's such an important distinction that you're asking that question because these are what we call comparative studies. So it's only comparing me against some other category. And it also is what we call an association study. In other words, they're just saying how interesting that someone, for example, who does have sex one time per week does better on these scales. Now, they didn't rule out all the other things I might be doing. You know, they didn't rule out whether I'm doing lumosity or taking classes or learning how to play the violin or doing crossword puzzles. They, there are no studies are that sophisticated yet where they're teasing out all the other factors. They just wanted to see if that one difference, having sex once a week or not, that would make a difference. And it did, though. So, But you know what you could say? If you looked at the study, you could say, well, maybe – People who are having sex more often are just also more cognitively capable. See, you can't say it's a cause, that one is a cause for the other. We can only say that they're associated. But those who had sex one time per week, um, for both the men and the women, they had increased cognitive function, especially this idea of verbal fluency, the ability to talk and talk without needing to find your words. That's a number one complaint that I have from patients now is that they do a lot of word finding. They, they, they're speaking and they just can't find the word. So I guess I should be telling them now you need to have more sex, you know. Yeah, that's not funny. Able to find. But not only not finding the word, what about those that are thinking a word and it comes out another word? Uh, as an example, I'll meet you at the car, and the person says, I'll meet you at the rowboat, where they actually substitute a word when they're thinking something else. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit different. That's one of two things. One, that could be an actual memory issue. Or it could also be uh, somebody doing what's called confabulating, which is where you really don't know at, at that moment and you just quickly put something else in the spot. A lot of people do that. They're trying to cover up, you know, that they don't know, and it can happen in a split second because they want to keep, they just want to keep the conversation going. No, I get that. I'm not referencing the cover-up at all. Okay. I'm referencing where I've seen that happen, where the person fluently is talking and they're saying something totally unrelated to what they wanted to say and didn't even realize it till after the fact. 
Well, you know, those are included in cognitive tests, that type of activity, but it could be one of two things. One, um, you really have two words in your mind and you opt for the wrong word. Sometimes that's just speaking too fast. But the other one could be that they truly have a little bit of a memory issue for nouns. It is possible. Some people can have like a TIA, for example, a very, very minor stroke, and then they have an issue with only nouns or only certain categories of nouns like car names or object names, things like that. What's Um, TIA? What is that? That is a very minor, uh, colloquially we call it a mini-stroke, and it stands for trans-ischemic activity. So it's a very, very mini-stroke. You can easily have these and and not even be aware of it, but have some change in cognitive function. Clearly, we have quite the expert here. Uh, I want to let people know what your credentials are. So I'll read the letters and you explain what each one means. PhD in what? Okay, so that's a doctorate in psychology and it's actually experimental psychology with a focus on health psychology. RD. I'm a registered dietitian as well, which means uh, in our country, in the U.S., uh, dietitians who are registered are registered with the National Association for Nutritionists and Dietitians, and there's a national test and and membership that you have to take. CSO. So I'm board certified in radiation oncology nutrition. So that's a board certification that I have for the nutritional aspects of cancer. LD slash N. Oh, I thought we were done. So that is actually, you know, all of this just means I went to school too long and I have too many too many things to, memberships to pay every year. But this is a license that's required in the state of Florida and is the Florida license for dietitians and nutritionists. Again, all of these require a certain amount of schooling, certain amount of degree and coursework, and then also testing, national-level testing, or statewide for Florida. And, folks, if you want to know more about Dr. Collins, her website is creationbalance.com, creationbalance.com. We've established she's a health psychologist, a dietitian. She specializes a lot and works with a lot of cancer patients. Uh, But as you see, she's covering sexual health today. We've covered weight. Uh, We've certainly covered exercise as well. Uh, But exercise, the obvious, all that moving around uh, physically would count as exercise. But is there such a thing as too much? You referenced at the beginning some people are concerned they're going to have a heart attack because the sex could get totally strenuous. Well, you know, that's that's really important because you you can overtax yourself. I mean, that would be possible. People do need to be careful as far as not trying things that you're not accustomed to and, you know, make sure you're breathing well. The better conditioned you are, of course, the better sex you'll have. But um, I like to look at this as, as sex counting as exercise because people wonder. And the studies show that 30 minutes of sexual activity burns 85 calories on average. Could be more, could be less, depending on, you know, your nature. But 30 uh, 30 minutes and 85 calories, that's pretty good. 
30 minutes, 85 calories. I can just say to the person, well, I'll do it for an hour so I could double that. (laughs) Okay. Anything else you want to say as we're starting to wind down here? Uh, Any other points you want to make? Yes, I have just a handful that all that are really quick ones anyway. And one is that as far as exercise and stress, don't forget you're also um, uh, exercise and sex. Don't forget that you're also stretching, flexing your joints. You know, all of that is important. And um, you know, exercise um, is also uh, something that's important with sex. Where if you are in pain, so these studies looking at headaches and pain and sex. So it, it is true that for people with cluster headaches and migraines, they can relieve those with sexual activity, and um, you can even enhance your mood with sex, which I think is very important. So. These big, big studies looked at both anxiety and depression um, with older adults. So older would be like 65 and older. They say their mood with sexual sexual activity is affected by the holding, hugging, kissing, and increase in quality of life. That's more of what they will report. When you look at college students, and this one study of 7,500 college students across the country, 14 different universities was a little bit different. The more so-called hookups, I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but for young people, that term means just casual sex. The more hookups they reported, the less happy they were and the lower self-esteem they had. And they had increased anxiety and depression. I really wanted to get that in on today's show because I think that it's a really good example of where more is not necessarily better, especially if it's something that's with a casual partner and there's no relationship there, you know, no commitment or no sense of closeness. Maybe trust is an issue as well. So um, that's 7,500 students. That's a very large survey, and it was very clear that the more hookups they had, the more they reported having, they were less happy, lower self-esteem, more anxiety, and definitely more depression as well. So it can boost your mood, but not if you're just overdoing it. And when you say that sex decreases the risk of prostate cancer, are there any other cancers that it decreases the risk? Not that I could find. Not, and, you know, that might just be that it's not well-researched. So, But I don't see anything in the literature at this point. You know, the great place to go, by the way, as a resource um, for information on this is WebMD. They have a, an entire area on their website called the Sexual Health Center. And a lot of people use WebMD as a resource. So can I give the uh, the website for that? Oh, please. Okay, it's www.webmd, so you just run it together, webmd.com, put a forward slash and the word sex, S-E-X, and you'll go right directly into the Sexual Health Center that way. Oh, interesting, webmd.com. I never, ever utilize that website when I have people like you to call Dr. Collins. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, again, I want to give them your website, creationbalance.com, creationbalance.com. Uh, folks, 
by all means, send me an email about this show. Put sex in the subject line, name, best time to reach you, and your question or concern or suggestion. I love hearing from our listeners, and who knows, we may even take up what you send us on the air if you want to recommend someone you think will be an outstanding guest. Uh, if you want to recommend a particular topic you want to know more about, we do love hearing about uh, folks like you. And my website, JoyceBarry.com, B-A-R-R-I-E.com. I am a professional life coach, a personal life coach, and you'll find out a lot about me at JoyceBarry.com. Uh, including countless endorsements from all over the country, and here are some of my favorites. Joyce Barry is an outstanding success coach. She is a master coach, the best of the best. Here are just a few of her clients who want to endorse her. Marlon Brando. Hiring Joyce as a coach is an awful you can't refuse. President Bill Clinton. I did not have sex with that woman. I did not have sex with Joyce. She is my coach. Sylvester Stallone. Yo, Adrian, Joyce is the best coach, you know. She helped me train for Rocky, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I hired the Joyce-inator because no matter how much I may drive her crazy, I know she'll be back. President Ronald Reagan. Well, Joyce, uh, Nancy and I just love you. There you go again. Win one for the Barry. Elvis Presley. I'm all shook up about hiring Joyce as a coach. I'll get a little less conversation, a little more coaching. Jack Nicholson. If you can handle the truth, you want Joyce as your coach. Johnny Carson. I can hire Joyce as a coach? I did not know that. That is wild. Did you know that, Ed? <laughs> Charlie Sheen. Winning. That's because Joyce is my coach. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Woody Allen. Are you crazy? This whole time I haven't had Joyce Barry as a coach? You kidding me? Hi, Ted Siuba, and I think and grow rich. If you were thinking about hiring Joyce Barry as your coach, just do it, and we'll grow rich together. And even Joyce Barry herself. What do Olympic athletes have that you don't have? A coach. Hire me and have this be your best year ever. If not now, when? I want that gold medal. I want to hire me. Email CoachJoyce at AOL.com. That's CoachJoyce at AOL.com. I look forward to your emails. I read every one of them, and I will answer them if it asks for any kind of an answer or just heed your suggestions. Uh, and Dr. Collins, they could write to you at, uh, what would it be, creationbalance at yahoo.com if you want to connect directly with Dr. Collins, creationbalance at yahoo.com. You know, we all, as I say, are tuned in why we have sex. It makes us happy, more intimacy. Today was more about the health benefits. And one of the things that I find extremely important for your health is to be happy and to know that happiness is a choice, and we've done many, many shows about that. I just want to share you this poem called I'm Happy to reinforce it. I'm happy, happy, happy. And just why is this so? The people I call friends are a pleasure to know. I love my world of contacts. They are all very cool, 
always upbeat and positive, very wise, no one a fool. My live radio show and the message it sends is live your best life here, Joyce Barry and friends. We advise you, we support you to be very healthy. We teach you, we want you to be very wealthy. Join us in a home business. We will give you a choice. Be your own boss, make money and rejoice. All that we recommend has been put to the test. Each and every one is simply the best. Live your very best life as well you should. Listen to Success Coach Joyce. Be happy, be healthy, and feel so good. And I know for me, I always feel good when I have Dr. Collins as our very special guest. So what message do you want to leave our folks? I think um, maybe the central message here would be um, another, the last benefit, and that is that sex enhances sex. And what I mean by that is the studies are showing that there's more affection and intimacy when you engage in activity more often. So I think that 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 should be a really good motivation for people to engage in more sexual activity. Make time in their schedule. Make time, make time, make time, and if not now, when? So listen up to this message. Technical glitch here. (laughs) Give me a second Uh, while I go to if not now, when, because it does drive me Joyce, Barry, and Friends, the number one worldwide Internet radio show. This poem, an original by yours truly, is entitled, If Not Now, When? We are giving you the education. We are giving you the information. We are giving you the motivation. We are giving you the inspiration. What you really need to do is to put this into application. Do you want a transformation? You must use your imagination. It might take some perspiration. It's all in the preparation. You must really be sure there is no procrastination. It helps to have a fascination and very strong determination. You want a positive demonstration, achieve success in the administration. It really is the time. Give each show your consideration. What is your aspiration? What do you need for stimulation to get healthy and off that medication? To get wealthy, it's your destination. So make today the day for your participation. If you do, congratulations. If not, now, when? So, folks, do check out Dr. Collins' website. You have my website, JoyceBarry.com, Dr. Collins, CreationBalance.com. Uh, anything you want to hear again, 
It's in our archives. Anything you haven't heard, just check out our archives. Last date on top, you can put the person's name and the search bar on the upper right. As always, Dr. Collins, we love having you on the show. Folks, I want to refer you to an article. Joyce Barry opens up about her radio career, and I list all my very special guests, including Dr. Collins. The website is www.tinyurl.com forward slash success coach Joyce. Very interesting article. Very, very well done. And you'll see the kind of people that we have on our show as regulars. And any one of them you can put in the search bars and their shows will immediately come up. So I want to thank you again, Dr. Collins. Look forward to your show each and every month. Really appreciate you. And I want to leave you folks with my special prayer for all of you. May yesterday be the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May today be the first day in It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories and manifesting marvelous miracles. Folks, Go out and make someone happy today. Do a random act of kindness. Pay it forward. And we want you to be happy. We invite you to sing along with us, dance along with us, and laugh along with us. And you can do that right here, right now, to the Joyce Barry Mash. Thank you, and God bless you. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired. By her show, and her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again, as Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce knows all about having fun. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. She's a coaching sensation for not just me or you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Wow. <laughs> wow. Have a fantastic day wow. and listen to Joyce Barry and friends. Wow. <laughs>